Two voices, both media people. Major Garrett, formerly of Fox News, now at CBS, says the biggest issue right now in the American democracy, as he calls it, by which he probably means republic, is trust. Lack of trust. His solution is to pretend that everything in the media and elections is on the up and up. Literally the first page of the book, you use the phrase American Civil War. Mm-hmm. Um, you go on to write that in the upcoming election in November and in 2024, trust itself is going to be tested. Democracy no longer suffers from a lack of participatory energy. It suffers from a lack of respect, allegiance, knowledge, humanity, and most of all, trust. How dangerous is the moment that we are in? It feels more dangerous, Margaret, than any I've encountered in covering politics at the national level since 1990. The second voice is the former head of ITV and Sky News uh, in the UK. And his name is Mark Sharman. He has a different take. He speaks here about COVID, but he could be speaking about anything. I'm ashamed that I would apologize to everybody about the way the media have behaved over all this. I was the boss of Sky News at one time and ITV. And I've sat at home um, angry and frustrated at the way they're behaving. But it can't be accidental. It's not accidental. Nor is the fact that you are really hearing for the first time about the $500,000 bounty on the heads of your loved ones if they were found to have COVID or, you know, got one of those PCR test results that are 98% false positives. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Thank you to Bulwark Capital Management, my brother Zach Abraham, who's with us from before the beginning of the podcast, in fact, as we were in the brainstorming stage, knowyourriskradio.com. It's almost a continuation in one way of last hour, I presented a bounty of sorts, although not a dangerous one, a $5,000 offer to have anyone who's a PhD or an MD or a psychiatrist or a psychologist or a therapist in the so-called transgender care world. Come on my podcast for one hour to have a good faith debate on this to- the following topic. It is my assertion that there is just as much scientific support for stating that a person is assigned human at birth as there is for saying someone was assigned female at birth. Same thing. It's almost an extension because we're talking about media silence or what I've phrased the propaganda of silence. And there was definitely a propaganda of silence and still is in the United States about what is being done to children. It's still just conservative media that reports on this as as children's hospital, so-called, in Washington State and the disgraced University of Washington Medical Center proved when they decided to not correct 
their fraudulent study on kids who got wrong sex hormones, pretending those kids had less depression and anxiety when in fact they didn't. Their, their own study showed the reverse. But in their emails, discovered by my friend Jason Rance at, uh, at KTTH, 770 KTTH in Seattle, Washington, and also oh, constantly on Fox News, they knew they were lying. But they said, oh, it's just conservative media. We don't care. Let the parents be deceived. We're making money. So there's been a propaganda of silence around that. There's a propaganda of silence around COVID, and we know this. Mark Stein's program in Britain is the only one that looks on almost now a daily basis at injuries from the mRNA injections and deaths from the mRNA injections. He did a very long, very long special, a two-hour special on this, and he is now speaking of this nearly every day. But there's a propaganda of silence across the board in other arenas. They, they will not report on it, and it makes sense. Bill Gates spent a lot of money to buy the media. You know, 360 million bucks, which to Bill is nothing. It's like you or I getting all uh, spicy and leaving a $20 tip on a, uh, on a $40 tab. It's nothing to Bill Gates. He earns it back in a weekend. But he spent it. He's getting a return. Because it's not just Bill, it's Big Pharma. They take up eight out of the top 10 spots in advertising in old media, sometimes nine. Fox News included, by the way. Absolutely. So there is this propaganda of silence. And the media is absolutely complicit in all of this, but it's not just COVID. See, the big question is, knowing that there is a cone of silence or the propaganda of silence about the injection deaths and injuries, about the $500,000 bounty that Daniel Horowitz explains, and we've talked about the cash. Lots of people have talked about the cash. Robert Malone has talked about the cash. Peter McCullough has talked about the cash payments to hospitals. We've talked about it. We talked about it at the very beginning. They were getting paid to find COVID cases. Your kid has a sprained flu. Oh, better test him for the COVID. Oh, look at that. We got a COVID case. Give us money. But to add it all up into a half million bucks for a dead person, because, oh, yeah, it's, it's it, the bounty, the, the total, the big money is in people dying of the COVID. That's big money. Interestingly, that meets the goal of population reduction, which is another banned topic. The poison of remdesivir, banned topic. Hydroxychloroquine's effectiveness, banned topic. Ivermectin's effectiveness, banned topic. Age stratification, banned topic. Likelihood of catching or getting a severe case of this if you are um, obese, or if you have diabetes, banned topic. Kids not dying from this, banned topic. But it's not just COVID. It's not. Major Garrett accidentally proves that point. When he goes on TV to talk about his new book, he accidentally proves it. We'll get to that in a second. But let's start with some good news. Um, in a Texas case, federal court, this will go to the Supreme Court, um, it's been found by the judge in this case or panel that the um, uh, appellate court panel uh, has been overruled by this federal court. 
Twitter and Facebook cannot just go around censoring people because they are a platform. They're, they claim to not be a publisher, so they don't get to do this. It's a 90-page decision. It's the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in Texas. And looking at the ruling itself, we reject the platform's attempt to extract a freewheeling censorship right from the Constitution's free speech guarantee. The platforms are not newspapers. Their censorship is not speech. They're not entitled to pre-enforcement facial relief. And HB 20 is constitutional because it neither compels nor obstructs the platform's own speech in any way. The district court erred in concluding otherwise and abused its discretion by issuing a preliminary injunction. The preliminary injunction is vacated and this case is remanded for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. So it will probably go up to the Supreme Court. So the opinion was this. The state of Texas wants to be able to sue social media companies for censoring people by their political views. Good. This heads to the Supreme Court. Perhaps John Roberts will be freed up to make the right decision on this one, as sometimes he's allowed to do. And the panel, the court panel is, is very right. It's of course, censoring me, and they do that through shadow banning, which is a lot better, a lot more effective because they're not going to get in trouble with that. They, they kicked Daniel Horowitz off. You know that they kicked Alex Berenson off and he sued and he's now back on. They were forced to bring him back on. But they're saying, oh, it's, it's our free speech. Shutting other people up is our free speech. Well, it all makes sense that people at Twitter would say this because they come from the so-called colleges that taught you have a right to shout people down. But the big question for this is, knowing that Facebook and Twitter are parts of the party, right? They're the censorship arm. We talked yesterday with the CEO of Gab.com, an alternative social media network, and one of the biggest and most successful. And Andrew Torba says, yeah, absolutely. These guys are an extension of the government. We have, like the young people say, I find this saying annoying. That we've got the receipts we have the Department of Homeland Security interacting with social media. We've got the FBI interacting with social media, CDC. And it's not just interactions. They're telling them who to ban and what to ban and what to not allow. Here's the extension of the question. Who is telling Fox News to not report on vaccine injuries and deaths or mRNA injection injuries and deaths? Who's doing that? Well, I have a pretty strong guess that it's the pharmaceutical companies and the CDC, and the WHO, and BlackRock. It's the party. So there's all sorts of different ways to look at this. There's the way that Major Garrett looks at it. And I will take what I've been trying to do is to not, not, um, not bear false witness. I don't know Major Garrett, hence I don't know his heart. I will take the assumption that Major Garrett believes everything he's saying here, that he's a believer in his institution. His institution being great, big, huge media, I will take as a charitable view the idea that Major Garrett is unable to see how utterly controlled media is. But we'll take it at face value and then we'll respond to it and see if we can't piece it apart. Is Major Garrett correct in what he says here, talking about his new book and about his concerns about what he likes to call our democracy? Literally the first page of the book, you use the phrase American Civil War. Mm -hmm. um, you go on to write that in the upcoming election in November and in 2024, trust itself is going to be tested. Democracy no longer suffers from a lack of participatory energy. It suffers from a lack of respect 
allegiance, knowledge, humanity, and most of all, trust. How dangerous is the moment that we are in? It feels more dangerous, Margaret, than any I've encountered in covering politics at the national level since 1990. Stating what clearly happened in 2020, it wasn't a fraudulent election, no crime was committed. That doesn't mean you have to be happy with the result, but one of the burdens of democracy is when you're unhappy with the result, your obligation is to win the next election. Not slander baselessly the election you fairly lost. Mm -hmm. And we have a component of American politics now that wants to slander an election that was fairly lost because they're unhappy. And that unhappiness does not entitle you to drag down American democracy. Because if, Margaret, we enter a phase in American life where either political party refuses to accept a fair and verified election simply because it lost, then we will dismantle democracy bit by bit before our very eyes. Democracy. Well, that's, that's semantic, except it's not. We don't live in a democracy. We know that. But let's put that aside for just a second. So if I were to be able to sit with Major Garrett, I would say to him, Mr. Garrett, may I call you Major? Secondly, I would say to him, you're the second Major I know. The first one is my, my brother's son. And so I have a warmth with you there. Major, explain this to me. You guys sent a whole bunch of reporters to Wasilla, Alaska to dig through the garbage of Sarah Palin. You and colleagues have sent camera crews to farmhouses in Iowa to accuse the women who live there of sharing Russian propaganda and to ambush interview them. You reported on the number of Big Macs and Cokes that President Trump consumes. Did you ever do a report on how it came about that all five target states pretended, pretended to stop counting at 4.30 in the morning? They kicked people out. First time in American history, we're going to go ahead and take a break from counting. And then they didn't take a break from counting. Did you look into that and determine how it was that at that same time, all the states did that. And then during that same period of time, Joe Biden in a statistical impossibility began to have this, um, what we call in statistics and data analysis, this hockey stick, this explosion in votes. Did you ever look into that? The answer is no, but the question is why? So if trust is the issue, is your response in hoping to gain trust from us to scream trust us more loudly? Like someone who doesn't speak Spanish going to Mexico City and screaming, where's the hotel louder? Further, Major, when the election changes were occurring and the drop boxes were being created and we were being told that you would die if you went and voted in person, how is it though that the riots still weren't causing people to die? How is it that the funeral for a, um, a felon who participated in his own death 
through excited delirium and, and, and sadly being under the boot of fentanyl, George Floyd. How is it that his funeral was perfectly safe, but not voting in person? How is it that that changed at the last minute? How is it that voting in America is the only act for which you don't need a signature, any significant act or ID, such as to enter the offices of CBS News? Last time I was in the um, the building, CBS News building, and I've been there a bunch of times, I had to show ID every single time. Shortly after the era of, nine, uh, of 9-11, I had to get on the security list in advance. Same was true with 30 Rock, which is where NBC is located. I worked at the Microsoft campus. We checked people's IDs when they came in. And we can go straight through all the things about voting, such as, tell me another time, where you don't have to sign a document. You're, you're buying a house. You'll sign your name, I don't know, 250 times to buy a house, to do a credit check to buy a house. The solution for trust, Major Garrett, is not to say, trust us. It's to be trustworthy. You're not. Your industry is not. You lie constantly. And the biggest lie is the lie of omission across the board. And it's not just bias. And this is so important to understand. We're not talking about bias here. We're talking about malice. We're talking about participation. We're talking about rigging things. We're talking about murder. Accessory too. When Facebook and Twitter made the decision to ban the discussion of things that could save people's lives because the party told them to, they were making the decision to suppress information that heretofore had been non-controversial. That led to people's deaths. And in America, we can sue people for anything, but not the pharma companies. So that's Major Garrett's view of this. There's a different view. And this is where all the evidence leads to me, every bit of evidence. Because of what we do in the podcast and how we've done it and how we've done the radio show for many, many years, at least the last six years. It was really looking at things skeptically in a way that just, just other people just are afraid to do. Gender is the biggest one of them because we were on that before anybody else. Recently, in the past three years, it's been finance. And my brother, Zach Abraham, that comes on the program and helps us with that. It is illegal for the treasury to buy corporate bonds, but they bought corporate bonds. It's, it's, it's blatantly, clearly, unambiguously against the law. They did it twice with conjured money. That is, they just invented the digits. The Fed invented the digits, really. They worked together on that. Then they shifted the digits into the accounts of mobbed up companies held by largely the common shareholder being BlackRock and Vanguard and Vanguard sits on BlackRock's board and BlackRock sits on Vanguard's board. They're effectively the same company. It was the biggest theft and it was theft in history twice. This happened at the time that the lockdown engineered by the world economic forum was killing small businesses that move, the conjuring of the digits, BlackRock demanded that. So did Goldman Sachs. 
And they'd switch back and forth. People are executives at, Gol- at Goldman and executives at BlackRock and Vanguard. Then they go hang out at the Fed and the Secretary or the Treasury. And then they go back and forth. Remember, they're supposed to be regulars, regulators sometime. Other times they're players. That didn't get reported. Major Garrett didn't report that. I've never seen Fox News report that. I've never seen MSNBC report that. And yet it's unambiguously the case. So it's not just COVID. And there's so much more that involves this. It's not just elections. Uh, The fact is this, you live in a controlled media environment. It's not bias. It's not stupidity. It's participation. Now, again, I'll take Major Garrett at his word that, that he, he is a man who believes he's acting in good faith because he can't smell the stink and the rot because he lives in the stink and the rot like a fish cannot sense that it's wet. But there's another view. It's a longer clip of a guy who was a news boss. He was an exec, big boss at ITV and Sky News in the UK. You'll hear the longer version of what he said as he discussed um, and expanded upon his apology to the people of Britain for what the Mockingbird media has done and will continue to explore some other ways that the media is harming people. And we'll get to this $500,000 bounty that Daniel Horowitz explained. And I'll explain how that worked. That is, of course, to get a dead person. The person doesn't die. The hospitals earned less money. There's a guy um, at my gym. There's a guy at my Idaho gym uh, who is a little bit older than me. I guess he's about 10 years older than me. Um, he's fantastic shape. And I, I, I would see him from time to time in the gym and visit with him and, and, uh, and just exchange pleasantries. We never really talked, but nice man. Um, he didn't really dig going to the gym. He went because he's got a loved one who goes there and is a, is a coach. He had a massive heart attack. Massive. And I went to his daughter because I heard about this and took a break from workouts. One of them said, hey, um, we don't talk very often, but I heard about your dad. And I wanted to ask, I've never asked his name. She told me, I said, I'm going to be praying for him. How is he? She said, it's really miraculous. He's in recovery. He's going to be home in a couple of days. Wow. Double, triple bypass, I think, going to be home. How? And what she told me was, he was told if he wasn't in the shape he's in, this would have killed him. Now, this is not an attempt to scare people because I don't do that. Uh, I just know that I deeply regret that I allowed my father to live as an obese man. I don't have him. My, My daughter never met him. She never sat on his knee. He never got to read her stories and he would have loved to do that. He never got to take her for walks in the woods and he would have loved that. He loved, he, he, he knew the names of birds. I'd never learned that. He knew the names of trees. See, when he grew up, there were still uh, Native Americans who lived in the traditional way. For real. I used to see the, the teepees. They really did that. When he was a little boy, the sheriff still rode a horse. I have pictures of it. I actually have a photo of my dad talking to the horse, the, the sheriff on horseback. I so wish my daughter had been there, but my dad allowed himself to become a couple hundred pounds or more 
have a couple hundred pounds or more of unwanted fat on his body. And so I'm going to say this with respect and love to you. That man lived because he did not have that on his body. I had 150 extra pounds of fat on my body. I was headed the way of my father. It's gone. And in no serious way has it ever come back and it's going on a decade. You can do this. You can. And I'm begging you to try it. It's at sodaweightloss.com. S-O-T-A weightloss.com. It stands for state of the arts. I will tell you some guarantees. There is no judgment. Most of the people have lost unwanted fat. They're excellent. The proof is not just from me. It's from the Google reviews, 7,000, more than 7,000 reviews, 4.8 out of five stars on average. There's my loved ones that are on it. There's your fellow members of the podcast family. It's sodaweightloss.com, S-O-T-A weightloss.com. This is a former news boss, uh, executive big boss over at ITV and Sky News in England. He was speaking at a small group, small gathering of people and independent journalists. And he begins with an apology. I'm ashamed that I would apologize to everybody about the way the media have behaved over all this. I was the boss of Sky News at one time and ITV. And I've sat at home... um, angry and frustrated at the way they're behaving but it can't be accidental mm. you know we have tried I'm, I'm now working with a group of journalists and we're trying really hard to break the mold and, and we're writing online and elsewhere we cannot get these stories into the mainstream media now there are many reasons but it is being controlled and it's naive to think it's not I don't know, you know, there are two, your profession, the medical profession, and my trade, I don't call out a profession, because there don't any qualifications. But both of us should be ashamed of the, of the general mix. Where are everybody else? They, I'm talk, Max is one of the people I've spoken to in the past, but I'm now talking to victims every day, and it's horrific. And the doctors know that they're seeing more examples in the hospitals, and they're not speaking up. And the media are not speaking up. So you have to ask why. It isn't all about a cock-up, believe me. It cannot be. It just cannot be. Is there any mainstream media here at all? <laughs> you know, I mean, I've sent an invitation. Keeping you from mainstream. So we've got time for a couple more questions. I've sent my former colleagues at Sky, people I work with, I've sent them a personal invitation today on the, on the back of lots of things, and they still haven't come. You know, you are, you are eminent scientists and doctors with opinions. And what does your boss say? Misinformation. That is what bosses say. Now, I'll be clear. Uh, in 99% of instances in radio, I was allowed to say what was on my mind. 99%. And I have absolutely nothing but the deepest possible gratitude uh, to my friends and former colleagues in radio. And I was never at EIB, never told what not to say. Guided. Hey, let's wind it back. You're becoming a bit of a pastor. (laughs) Hard for me not to speak the word of God. Let's get back to the politics. That was really the only instance. Really. Now, there were some times I would be a liar if I, if I didn't say that in local radio, there were some times where we had discussions and there were some things I was told, hey, you can't say that. But they weren't that particular material to my, my gig. 
and how I needed to tell you the truth. It is on purpose. It is. The COVID deaths from the injections and the injuries, it is the biggest cover-up in the world, the history of the world. You live in it. But that's not all. But let's talk about this cover-up. Daniel Horowitz, who I think is still banned uh, from Twitter, has gone through and looked at the actual bounty for deaths. And it is for deaths. And he had a guest on his program to talk through this. Dr. Paul Alexander references this. And Paul Alexander is developing an, a reputation as a grenade tossing, you know, flame throwing because he uses some colorful language and, and pretty, pretty tough language from time to time. But he worked inside the machine. He worked at uh, Health and Human Services at the federal government. He writes about... Daniel Horowitz and, and goes through what Horowitz said, sort of surmising what happened across the world. Step one, a patient goes into a hospital for not feeling too well, so advises they're feeling sick. Step two, patient is tested for COVID, found positive regardless of the overcycled and sensitive PCR test. We've talked about this. 97 to 98% false positive. Number three, they're placed in isolation, locked down. No one can be allowed to see this patient. Hence begins in older people. Hence begins the dying. The deaths of despair. The inability to thrive. That right there is a psyop. You are so sick. You are so sick. You're going into ICU. And a lot of people will take that, put it in their heads and say, I'm going to die. And when you start thinking that way, you're long, you're well along your way to dying. And I'm so dangerous. Look at what they're doing. I, then they're lonely. They have no human interaction, not with anyone they know. Step four, at this time, the hospital is ramping up and administering diamorphin, midazolam, and a range of sedatives, remdesivir, ventilation. Ventilation, that's this combination here that kills people. I know probably six people who've been through this. Now, five of them are dead. One of them got out and went to go see my friend and a guy uh, I, I'm very proud to serve on his nonprofit board, Dr. Duke Johnson at, uh, at, at Heart of Hope in Hayden, Idaho, and expanding. They got up to this point right here, isolation, and then they were going to start with the ventilation and the sedatives, and his wife was heroic. She stomped her feet and kicked the wall and demanded and screamed and yelled, and she got her husband out, and Dr. Johnson was able to cure the man. There's been other instances where people have gone to him late, and he wasn't able to turn it around. There's countless doctors who've done this below the radar. Number five, patients is told they need oxygen. They're placed on supplemented O2. Number six, patients begins having pulmonary issues aggravated by the oxygen. Too much oxygen. There's a range of issues that causes. Patient placed on a BiPAP 
or CPAP due to worsening pulmonary function. Patient not tolerating the BiPAPs or the restrained and sedated. So let's review. You're in the ICU. You're such a dangerous object that people have to wear masks and, and be around you uh, to be around you. You can't see your family members. You're in a plastic bubble. Now you can't breathe through your own lungs. They put a machine on you to make sure your lungs stay filled up. You're not drinking water. It's not going down your throat. You're not having food. You're not getting out and moving around. You're not seeing sunlight. You're not seeing the faces of the ones you love. Do you want to live at that point? Do you want to continue to be in that hospital bed? Step nine, further oxygen toxicity combined with sedation leads to airway intubation. Patient is placed on a ventilator. It is at this time the patient begins to decline for the staff did not and do not know how to ventilate and the ventilators begin to kill to blow holes in the lungs. Step 10, patient becomes profoundly dehydrated, malnourished, days of withholding food. Step 11, renal stress emerges from dehydration. Step 12, doctors administer remdesivir severe, knowing it leads to renal and liver failure. It is toxic, a failed Ebola drug. Dr. Alexander writes, patient suffers acute kidney and liver injury in step 13. In step 15, patient, patient placed on dialysis to the, due to the failure caused by remdesivir becomes more dehydrated. Step 15, patient continues to receive no nourishment or water. Step 16, patient becomes hemodynamically unstable and has a cardiac arrest. Step 17, since the patient was made do not resuscitate often by the doctor without informing the, the, the family, no CPR is provided. Step 18, they die. Step 19, the hospital and the CEO then submit a bill to the government for $500,000. Well, Major Garrett would say trust. Let's trust the truth bringers. Let's trust the science. Uh, the former boss of ITV and Sky News says this is all a cover-up. Which one do you believe? With your own eyes. There are people who are beginning to flee. There are people who understand how far behind they are in telling the truth. There are people whose souls bother them. There are people who may be wanting to get ahead of the coming lawsuit because there is no emergency youth authorization for this stuff. There isn't. The stuff they've shot into your veins is not the stuff they approve for the e-emergency youth authorization. That stuff doesn't exist. There's no never been an emergency. There's never been the, the standards by which you can get an EUA, emergency youth authorization, were never met because there did exist prophylactic options. There did exist therapeutic options. These things did exist. In order to get the emergency youth authorization, those things could not exist, and yet they did. There was never a high enough death rate to warrant this. Now, maybe the court will be in heaven, and, and these guys had better pray to the Lord that they come around and repent prior to that because deaths at this level and lies at this level, I can't speak for God and neither can you, but I can read the Holy Bible. And God Almighty is going to look at this very, very, very poorly. It's the God of the Bible, he's, they had better repent. There is an FDA advisor, one of 21 FDA advisors. And God bless Chicago 10, NBC 10 in Chicago. 
for beginning to let the truth dribble out about the so-called boosters. But guys, it's not just COVID. It's immigration. It's finance. It's inflation. It's housing. It's energy. Where the Mockingbird media refuse to tell the truth. Oh, man, the importance of these times of having your money somewhere you can trust with people you can trust. And look, let's go through the components of trust. For me, words are one thing. When I first meet someone, I'll take their words at face value. And when their actions and words meet up in the middle very consistently, and no one's perfect, so look at that and go, it's a trustworthy person. People fess up. People who are stand-up people will sometimes fess up. You know, I had uh, a dear friend, brother, Alex Overall, producer for the radio show for many, many years. Uh, he got into a thing where he had trouble waking up. And one day he didn't make it to the show. And I had to call my friend, Jason Rance for help. And we found the producer together. And, and Alex, man, he was, he was lucky to keep his job. When I called him on the carpet and said, you left me hanging. He said, I thought I could get away with sleeping in. I, I just thought I would wake up. I thought I'd make it there on time. I just, I just turned the alarm off. I thought I'd wake up in time. There is no excuse. And I, I just blew it. Well, that tells me a lot too. So when I hear my friend, Zach Abraham, the chief investment officer, Bulwark Capital Management say, yeah, we do think people who, if they're five to 10 years, maybe 15 out from retirement, they absolutely should move their money over with us at Bulwark Capital Management because we're focused on risk management and other people aren't. Because we don't play the 40, 60, 40 stock bond mix game. Because we understand how rigged the financial system is. And so we have hedges upon hedges upon hedges. But Zach tells people, please don't move 100% of your money into our fund. <laughs> because what if we have a bad year? Man, that's extraordinary. That's like a food storage company saying, hey, don't, don't, don't count on us 100%. Have a backup plan. Because what if we go down? So Bulwark Capital Management operates like that. Their actions match their words. And then there's this, Zach and his wife, 90% of their net worth is tied up in that company. <laughs> it's just so far from what the big boys and the mobbed up people do with BlackRock and Vanguard. And guys, I'll tell you, I don't, I, I could count on, I'd, I'd need 15 hands to count how many people who work at Microsoft get their stock bonuses and instantly turn around and buy Google or Amazon. It's, I hate to break the bubble, guys, but it's a lot of people doing it not at Bulwark Capital Management. Call them at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Investment advice can't be given without a client service agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative Check Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Dang it! Sometimes I just don't time that government-mandated speech well. This is um, Dr. Paul Offit. He is one of the uh, 21 advisors uh, to the Food and Drug Administration. And he has apparently, well, not apparently, he's decided to make himself available to media to tell the truth about these so-called boosters. 
This comes at the same time that Robert Redfield, who used to head the CD, is saying Tony Fauci lied about gain of function. Yep. You know that whole thing about certain mammals fleeing certain waterbound craft? Rats jumping from the ships? I'm not calling Paul off at a rat. And thank you to NBC News in Chicago for letting some truth come out. Dr. Paul Offit, a renowned vaccine expert at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, who is also on the FDA's 21-member vaccine advisory committee, is telling people who may want the shot to wait until there's more information from the drug companies. Right now, they're saying that we should trust mouse data, and I don't think that should ever be true. I I don't think you should ever ask tens of millions of people to get a vaccine based on mouse data. Dr. Offit explains mice and other animals are typically the first to be tested in preclinical trials whenever a new vaccine is made. And that tells you whether or not something is at least immunogenic, that it can induce an immune response that you think might be protective. And it also tells you whether or not you have an obvious safety problem. And then you slowly go into people, so-called phase one trials. And there's no public data on that yet. What's more, for these fall booster shots, the FDA is not consulting with Dr. Offit and the rest of the Independent Vaccine Advisory Committee. The reason to consult us is because when you do that, when you, you consult us, that's open to the public. So we'll get then all the data from the two companies, which then is available to the public. Or by not doing that, by simply saying we don't need that advice, what they're also saying is we're not going to be transparent about what we have to the American public. Uh, that's pretty serious. Mouse data. Serious enough that you would think it would be a big story. And I assure you, if there had been a bunch of problems with the cosmetic, if someone had been putting, let's say, facial cream on their face and it had led to, um, you know, God forbid, disfiguration of the face or a harm of the underlying muscles, and it turned out that they only tested it on mice, we know exactly what the response to that would be. So to Major Garrett and to all the others, we see you. We're quite aware of the game and we're quite aware that media is controlled and and you are going to have to one day confess to this or be able to sense it on your own. But this, again, to me, goes back to this consistent theme that is hitting me upside the noggin like a two by four. When you operate in spiritual blindness, anticipate being fully blind. When you're not respondent to the word of God, when you're not grounded in it, understand that the enemy can get in you and begin with little tiny lies. And eventually you cannot see the truth. Major Garrett cannot understand those of us who looked at the 2020 election and all the changes, all the, we're not going to know who won for weeks, all the first time events and said, no, none of this smells right. No, I'm sorry. You're not going to die if you go out and vote in person. No, I'm sorry. No matching signatures, no votes. No, I'm sorry we're not going to accept votes weeks after the polls closed but they did likewise with other issues like the covid deaths the deaths from the nrna and mrna injections we are not making things up we are not insane people we are watching it with our own eyes i personally know more people who've died from the injections than have died from the covid flu So we see this, but it's not just COVID. There are so many other areas and some of them are literally hilarious, particularly Donnie Lemon. 
See, the Mockingbird Media, with the exception of Fox, Fox does cover this and they cover it very, very well. The Mockingbird Media is committed to one narrative and one narrative only when it comes to race and immigration. And it's pretty hilarious when Don Lemon decided that he wanted to pick a fight with a woman named Hillary Fordwich, who's a royal commentator about the topic of race. That was some fun. Gosh, it gave me a thrill last night. Uh, no, it was the other night. I, I finished up a book called uh, Dark Angel. And it's part of the Shepherd series. And I've gotten to know these guys a little bit via email. Never had the honor of meeting in person. They're both vets and, and Navy SEALs. And they're part of that community that Tim Cruikshank is part of. Uh, Tim is the founder and CEO of Bonefrog Coffee, 25-year Navy veteran and Navy SEAL. So I was wrapping up the book. It's a, By the way, it's a trilogy. Uh, it's, and it's a fantastic uh, work of fiction. I wouldn't say it's beautiful writing. I wouldn't say it's Cormac McCarthy type writing or Larry McMurtry type writing, which is what I commonly read. But man, the action moves, the plot's fantastic. Oh, and the concept is utterly brilliant. And frankly, I, I can't get enough of trying to understand what it would lo- be like to be in the circumstances in which the SEALs place themselves. I got to the end of the book and there is a paragraph about Bone Frog Coffee and about their brother, Tim. And those guys are also asking us to support veteran-owned companies. But I'll tell you, and I'll ask them when we have them on the show, what if the coffee was horrible? <laughs> Do you still support them? I think not, because I'm guessing Navy SEALs, hey, let's buy American-made rifles. Oh, they always uh, they always misfire. Never mind. No, let's, let's have one that's going to protect our lives. Now, coffee doesn't protect our lives, but it makes it better. So here's my challenge for you, my request. Yeah, let's make it a challenge. Go to bonefrog.us. Try the coffee. If you can legitimately tell me, nah, I didn't like it, we'll let you off the hook. But if you love the coffee and you agree with me that it is the best tasting coffee in the market, Sign up for the subscription plan at bonefrog.us, but only do it based upon the coffee. Because look, there's other ways to give money to the families of fallen seals. Right? There's a whole foundation for that. But when you buy from Bonefrog at bonefrog.us, not only do you get 5% lifetime uh, reduction on subscriptions, 5% off, you also are buying from a company that does turn around and give proceeds to the families of fallen seals, as mentioned by the guys who wrote the the, the Shepherd series. And they're very cool guys, by the way. It's bonefrog.us, bonefrog.us. So it's also on the topic of race, where the party is absolutely wedded to one view, and that is white racism. That's it. Now, Fox News, to their credit, they counter this. And of course, conservative media has countered this for years. But go through the wokesters. Go through the Department of Defense. Studying uh, white privilege, white rage, like General, General White Rage himself. Department of Defense is installing this. The post office is installing this. And there's no one worse in the media sphere than CNN on this topic. Well, that's not true. Maybe MSNBC. So Don Lemon is talking to a woman named Hillary Fordwich. And if that's not a British name, there's no such thing as a British name. What's your name? Hillary Fordwich. 
Sounds like a Harry Potter name. Is that part of, was one of the houses in Harry Potter, a, could you be a Ford witch? What was, remember the houses? You had the joint, wasn't Harry a Ford witch? I'll, I'll check on that. We'll, we'll get the research team on that. The vast 15 person research team. Guys, get on it. So Don Lemon decided to uh, slam down the question about reparations and see if he could put this woman into shock and awe. Oh, and oops, Don, oops. Well, this is coming when, you know, there's all of this wealth and you hear about it comes as England is facing rising costs of living, a living crisis, austerity budget cuts and so on. And then you have those who are asking uh, for reparations for colonialism. And they're wondering, you know, $100 billion, $24 billion here and there, $500 million there. Some people want to be paid back and uh, and members of the public are wondering, why are we suffering when you are you know, you have all of this vast wealth. Those are legitimate concerns. Well, I think you're right about reparations in terms of if people want it, though, what they need to do is you always need to go back to the beginning of a supply chain. Where was the beginning of the supply chain? That was in Africa. And when across the entire world, when the slavery was taking place, which was the first nation in the world that abolished sla uh, slavery? The first nation in the world to abolish it. It was started by William Wilberforce, was the British. In, in Great Britain, they abolished slavery. 2,000 naval men died on the high seas trying to stop slavery. Why? Because the African kings were rounding up their own people. They had them on cages waiting in the beaches. No one was running into Africa to get them. And I think you're totally right. If reparations need to be paid, we need to go right back to the beginning of that supply chain and say, who was rounding up their own people and having them handcuffed in cages? Absolutely. That's where they should start. And maybe, I don't know, the descendants of those families where they died at the, in the high seas trying to stop the slavery, that those families should receive something too, I think, at the same time. It's an interesting discussion, Hillary. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll continue to, to discuss in the future. <laughs> it's an interesting discussion. See, when people speak truth into the face of lies and they do it wrapped in compassion, it's just a thing of beauty. And I've seen it done, I've seen it done in so many ways. Speaking truth wrapped in compassion. I told one of my pastors something very personal in my life, super personal. I'd never told, I'd never told another person aside from my wife. Never told someone outside of that two-person relationship. I spoke the words, and this, we have many pastors at church, and, and he said, me too. And you know that's the beauty of the cross, Todd. You know you're forgiven. Truth wrapped in compassion. She she could have sliced Don Lemon, and in a way she did intellectually, with facts. And he, at the end of the clip, realizes there's no calling her mean. There's no calling her racist. There's He is intellectually unarmed at that point. This is all things that you can see in his eyes. This has never, never, never occurred to him, which brings me back to the Mockingbird media. I will never be on Fox News. 
this podcast being in the top one half of 1% of downloads, and we are not a year old. I'll never be on Fox News. Now, candidly, I don't want to be on Fox News. I, partic- I don't particularly want to be in TV. I have drugged my feet getting video going. I don't want it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Because I promised you. I'll never be on Fox News. Because I would be the guy who would say, in a segment, say, about Tony Fauci, I might be the guy who'd say, um, let's all remember that Fauci did not act alone, that he was in partnership with Pfizer and Moderna when they decided to inject Americans with this stuff that they knew didn't work and and knew was deadly. Let's not forget that. I might be the guy that would say, I'm curious. You brought me on to talk about Tony Fauci. Why didn't you ask me to talk about pharma? I'd never be on again, which is probably why I'd never be on. On topics of race, Great question for people. The question is this. Me too? Your friends talk about white racism. Look them in the eye and say, me too? Including me? Including your parents? If they're white? All of us? Truth wrapped in grace. See, because the Mockingbird media, it's not just COVID, it's finance, it's immigration. Again, to credit to Fox News, because I do bang on them a bit, they do cover this in ways that the other networks won't. They're free to do that. They are not free on COVID. They're not free on gender. Guys, they're playing the game. Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram are the exceptions. The Fox News people are bought into the gender lie, the transgender myth. Here is an older piece from Fox News. This is um, this is Neil Cavuto. And they talked to a mayor from a town in Arizona. I think it's called Gila, which is spelled Gila like a Gila monster. Gila, about what was going on in their town. Well, effective tonight uh, at our council meeting, the uh, emergency order will become uh, uh, official. It uh, after yesterday's drop, it really showed that we do not have the resources to handle uh, all these people being dropped in on us by Border Patrol that we need help. And I have requested multiple times for information, for assistance. I'm not getting it. So the only other alternative I have is to declare an emergency and really try to force people's hands to provide me with the resources I need for what the federal government's doing to us. We do know, uh, Mayor, that some administration officials are making their way down to the border, but you say it's got to be big people. It's got to be even the president himself. Have you heard anything back from the White House on that? No, nothing at all. I, I don't really hear from any of the administration. I know that they talk with the mayors of uh, Mesa and Phoenix, but as far as the border mayors, um, I haven't heard anything from them, so I doubt any of the others have either. No, they haven't. Question. Where was that story? Major Garrett? Where was it? You left Fox News. Why was it not on CBS? You spoke of trust. 
We began the program, this hour of the program, we had Major Garrett speaking of trust and the necessity that trust, only trust could save what he likes to call our democracy. Literally the first page of the book, you use the phrase American Civil War. Mm -hmm. um, you go on to write that in the upcoming election in November and in 2024, trust itself is going to be tested. Democracy no longer suffers from a lack of participatory energy. It suffers from a lack of respect, allegiance, knowledge, humanity, and most of all, trust. How dangerous is the moment that we are in? It feels more dangerous, Margaret, than any I've encountered in covering politics at the national level since 1990. It will not become less dangerous by screaming, trust us more loudly, by saying over and over and over again, the same thing. It was the safest, most secure election in history. You will not rebuild trust by continuing to be owing to your masters silence on the COVID injection deaths and injuries. It's not going to rebuild trust to ignore the fact that the secretary, that the treasury of the United States of America broke laws in the biggest theft in the history of the United States. In fact, in the history of the world, outright open thievery from small businesses to big. That's not going to avoid your civil war, Major Garrett. I would beg you to think about this. Who do you serve? Who do you serve? Not to make myself any form of, of example, but the biggest change in this podcast, guys, is that though I love you and I always will, and though you have made this podcast what it is, because without you, there's no me in this position. I get that full force, all on, full stop. I have one audience member I hope to please every day, an audience of one. And that is God Almighty. And that comes with truth and humility. And I suffer from, from, from lapses on all those things. I find myself sharing rumors like a busybody described in the Bible, sharing, sharing gossip sometimes. I'm a storyteller. I find myself sharing stories of gossip. And so I pray, but Marjorie, who are you serving? When you're saying that the way to avoid civil war is to tell people they don't see what they see, brother, that's not going to get us there. Truth wrapped in grace. Where's the grace in simply telling people that what they saw didn't happen? We all watched it. Time Magazine bragged about it. Maybe more like this. Maybe more like this. Washington, D.C. is bound to want to steal and control and lie and connive because that's what broken, sinful people do. We are bound to call that out to try to elect godly people, but we in the media are taking a new pledge. We're going to serve, dare I say it, God. Can you imagine the change in media if Major Garrett, if others with great power, because I don't have that. No one really does. What would happen 
if they decided to serve God. <laughs> I can only smile when I think about it. You live in a controlled media environment, guys. The sooner that we admit that to each other, the sooner that we begin to understand it, the sooner we can begin to speak truth into lies, truth wrapped in grace, and grace comes from the word of God. The sooner we get to that, the sooner we can break people from the spell and get the major thing out of this, no pun intended, which would be the saving of souls. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind. And always on shows like this, I always ask us, let's pray that the Lord will make us aware of the logs in our own eyes as we've talked about the specks in those of others.